everybody, welcome to the subtext. This is Brian checking in once again on one of my nightly walks with the dog here in lovely freezing cold Chicago. It's one of my usual rituals that I do every evening is these rituals that I think I've been both keeping me grounded and also driving me bananas because I'm tiring of doing the exact same thing day after day after day. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. Uh, this month, our episode is a callback or an extension or a sequel to uh, an episode we did back in March where uh, a lot of playwrights called in, left voicemails, basically talking about how they're dealing with this COVID time and and I thought that as we started a new year it would be it'd be good to sort of check back in uh, with those playwrights so I reached out to everybody who called in and and a lot of them were able to to call back again and sort of update us on uh, where they are and what they've been up to over the past year and when I thought about doing this I, I looked back at the date when when this episode was released and I think it was March 23rd we were like a week into this and it felt life altering immediately like to the point where I was like I need to know how other pe- other playwrights are, are dealing with this and it was like this immediate feeling and I can't believe that here we are 10 months later and we're essentially in the same place we were back then there's a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? Or there's a tunnel, at least now. And I guess the light is a, a vaccine that's starting to make its way slowly around the country. And our hero, Dr. Fauci, has, has stated it's a good chance that theaters can open again in the fall. But who knows? We just don't know. We know nothing. Everything's a mystery. And everything's unpredictable. But we can just hope. And so I leave you with this episode. Thanks for listening. And enjoy. I'm David Auger. Hi again. This is David Hansen in Cleveland. And it's David Hilder. Hi, this is Edward Einhorn. Hi, um, this is Jennifer Rumberger. This is James Kennan. Hi, this is Eric Pessinger. I'm a playwright in Toledo, Ohio. Hello, this is Julia Doolittle. It's Patricia Milton. I write in the San Francisco Bay Area. This is Norm Reynolds. Hi, this is Monica from Florida. It's Carrie Bentley Quinn calling. Hi, subtext. This is MJ. Hi, this is Rob Cardizone. Hi, this is Jesse Salisbury from Gardner, Kansas.
um, COVID has kind of taken over my life in my day job. That's all I process for my work because I work in human resources and I process when people are absent or sick or they're dealing with COVID. And so the one thing I've been doing for playwriting has been a virtual playwriting support group that's every other Tuesday night on Zoom. Um, it's mostly playwrights from Kansas City, but it's virtual, so anyone's welcome. Um, something I was rambling about when I was sick was just community, and that's really important. And I think that's even more important because um, depression is really high. Loneliness is really high. I think as theater people, we're a community, and we need to take care of each other. The last nine or ten months have been challenging, to put it mildly. Grieving over what I think we all expected 2020 was going to be professionally and artistically is one thing. But also personally, what's been happening in my life and a lot of my friends' lives has been tough. And I was talking with a friend earlier today, actually, about how hard it is to write as a creative outlet, even though the need to do so just for my own humanity and release has been greater, it's been harder to do that. And I think partly it's not always fun to see the page reflect back how dark things seem to have gotten. But at the same time, I think one of the hidden gems of this entire experience is maybe that there's an intensification of everything joys are sharper along with the grief. At least that's what I want to tell myself. I don't know. It's been tough, and I didn't want to just ramble and be dark in this message, but I have to admit that there's there's one loss that I wasn't as entirely prepared for as I might have been, which is the loss of being able to lie to oneself, because when faced with certain grim realities, sometimes they're so bold, so stark, that the authentic reality of them becomes undeniable. And there's something, even in a horrible truth, beautiful about truth, that it is compelling itself. It doesn't need any spin or accentuation. I'm still here in New York working on plays. Or mostly I've been reworking plays because I, I find that... Uh, a little more easy uh, than envisioning new scripts what or what theater will be like in the post-COVID world. Uh, my mom also uh, died from COVID in May, and so some of my time has been sorting through her artwork and storage facility that we shared. I feel I've been like on a treadmill ever since March, and I'm only in December kind of realizing what kind of treadmill it's been. Have my feelings changed? Uh, I think I've gone from like weirdly hopeful to despairing to weirdly hopeful again. Uh, but, but seeing kind of like it's going to be a very, very long road. And I think that part's very scary. I know there's a meme going around that says no one wants to see your pandemic play. Well, surprise. I wrote a full length pandemic play. Uh, that wasn't my intent. Uh, I had started writing a Gen X, Gen Z mother-daughter play, but it was impossible for me not to acknowledge the realities of the present moment. I'm still working on a title for that one. One of the hardships of this time regards the work 
I do with Great Lakes Theater, um, sharing the classics with students across Northeast Ohio. With students working from home or schools that are not open or uh, uh, the, the ones that are open are not permitting guest artists, um, like many arts organizations, we have been trying to figure out how to reach our students. Uh, we rethought our lesson plans and we created a makeshift TV studio in our rehearsal space um, and have started piloting live classes. And um, I can't tell you how good it feels to get back into schools, um, even in this way at a distance. I have to acknowledge that uh, I'm in denial about the future. Uh, I have high school aged children um, for whom I have to present a stoic front, but inside I'm, I'm just not letting myself feel all of the loss, um, but, it, but it is there. Um, things work out as I imagined back in March. No, I mean, I didn't think we would still be here um, 10 months later, uh, so that's pretty intense. Um, things got pretty upended in my personal life. Um, my mother-in-law went into hospice and passed away in the fall, um, so it's just been a total nightmare. Um, my feelings have changed in the sense that I feel more hopeful than I did um, because there's a vaccine, but, I mean, it got, it got pretty dark, and I think that's true for everyone. Um, the thing that surprised me since this all started is how some days – I can't get out of bed, and then there are days where I have moments of, like, staggering gratitude. Um, and what's also surprised me is not really being able to write, but I think that's been the case for a lot of people. Um, but it is starting to come back a little bit. Um, I've had some good experiences. I did the Ashland News Plays Festival online with my play Hyannis, which was great. Um I'm working on a TV pilot. You know, there's things cooking, but it's been the most fallow year I've had in, in quite some time. Um, in 2021, I'm looking forward to getting this vaccine so I can see my friends. Like, at this point, I just miss my friends so desperately. Like, I miss theater. I miss, I miss the city. I miss the hustle and bustle. But most of all, I desperately miss, miss all of my friends. And... The second I can get out of here, I'm getting on a plane to go visit the ones who live far away. And um, I'm just really looking forward to traveling um, and being creative. But um, we made it. God, I hope it's better. I hope it's better for everyone. The play that got canceled right when the pandemic began, uh, I ended up doing a reading of it online and uh, put it up on YouTube. So that's been nice. I got to share it with people that weren't geographically near to me. Uh, but most importantly, I think the thing that has been uh, really good for me during this time has been a playwriting collective that a friend of mine started, and it has just been a wonderful opportunity for playwrights who are all over the country to connect and we have been challenging one another and we uh, have been working on things and cheering one another on um, even when it has been difficult to keep writing so this is definitely you know this isn't where I thought I would be at this point um, the pandemic 
has sort of turned everything upside down, but I'm really grateful and uh, appreciative of the group that I have found and the work that we've done together. And what's most staggering about it is how fucking optimistic I was that I would be inclined to keep writing and use it as a practice that helps keep me engaged and creative. That has um, that has not been what's happened. Instead, I've been really uninspired to write. I have um, had the, the good excuse of being able to do a lot of work on a on one of my pieces that had some nice development opportunities, and that was a good reason to not write something new because I could sort of wallow in that piece, and, uh, and I'm working on it screenplay adaptation and again that's an adaptation of an older piece so I get to sort of not delve into a new story there so yeah that's the big that's the big thing is the year ends I'm like waiting to figure out or discover a new story that is really interesting to me to tell and at this point um well it's just not there and I don't feel particularly bad about that it's just how it is I, I didn't think I would be able to take a step back the way I the way I was kind of forced to do. Um, I don't know. I kind of was like, you know, I can put away playwriting for now. And I just kind of let it go and just found that, I don't know, it, it just opened up a lot of questions for me about what I really want my future to look like. Um, as much as I love theater, um, I just really been wondering about yeah just how do I move forward as a playwright it's just a really really tough career and although I love it um I don't know it just made me really reassess how to move forward in it like does it make me happy all the time to kind of be pursuing and pursuing and pursuing something and um you know it feels like I'm just constantly chasing this idea of a career and not spending as much time as I would like just being happy um, just doing it. And so I, I think that's a question for a, a lot of playwrights. I know it's, it's not always an easy um, career. And that being said, so what surprised me was I was able, because I stopped, I was able to take classes in fiction. Um, I just really wanted to like, try my writing in, in another world that I didn't think I had. I had no idea I could write fiction. I had no idea, like, how to even go about it. And I just took a class um, with the porch out of Nashville, and I was able to kind of start writing fiction stories. I, like, started a novel, and it was amazing. Like, I was able to escape into a whole another world. I was able to feel like, this is a form of writing I can do without needing permission from someone else to do it. And um, that brought me a lot of joy in this time. And it was a surprise. And I don't think I ever would have tried it had nothing happened just because I would have kind of kept hustling um, to work in the theater. And I don't know what the future looks like. I think I'll focus on being a playwright, but try not to obsess over the, you know, the contest and the things I can't control. And um, I'm going to write fiction and try and always be working on something and always be creating something. And at the end of the day, 
I really feel like I know I'm a writer now. And um, so it was really nice to kind of find that. Um, I wonder if this time has kind of taught me the things that make me feel like myself. Um, I, I think it is harder to write when you don't feel like yourself. Um, you know, when, when fundamental parts of you are missing, I, I notice these sort of like skips in my brain that I didn't have before all of this. Um, you know, I am surprised to see how many um, people I think also don't really feel like themselves but don't really know <laughs> how to express that, at least online. I, I feel like there's like this very weird sort of transformation of the way people communicate online that's getting, that's getting actually further and further away from being human. Um, so in 2021, I'm just like really excited to maybe not look at a screen half as much as I have this year. I'm ready for us all to admit that Zoom theater is a, uh, a necessary evil that we are ready to get rid of. Um, and I'm just ready to sit in a, in a room of, of strangers again and watch them and, and listen to them go hmm at important moments. I mean, come on, guys. I miss, I'm, I'm never going to take that hmm for granted ever again. Mm, I love the hum. I love all the stuff. I love it all. These are some of my thoughts about uh, creating during the pandemic. Um, well, things have really gone on a lot longer than we all thought. And uh, that has been a day-to-day or a week-to-week or cut, whatever, unit of time uh, adjustment as as uh, I've been going. Um, my relationship to, uh, you know, this whole whole thing and being a creative person in it um, has shifted and shifted back and forth. Um, I have been actually pretty productive. Uh, I wrote probably, well, definitely my longest full-length play with like a cast of 8,000 and um, called uh, Erasure, The Erased Queer History of 1930s New York City. Um, it's a really big project, and uh, I probably wouldn't have written, written it if I hadn't had so much um, time on my hands. Um, it was also a big rule breaker as far as, like, you know, unsolicited submissions go. Um, big cast, really long, et cetera, et cetera. It was very difficult to produce, but I just decided to go for it. So it was liberating um, to be able to do that. Um, I moved on to another piece that I thought would be easier to get done, and I started getting um, ambitious and thinking I could actually do this online and do it like sort of as a web series. And uh, I think um, I was really surprised um, by how everyone was busy (laughs) in the middle of this pandemic. It seemed like there was so many things going on and people were trying to keep themselves busy, I guess. And so uh, it was difficult to pull the project together. So it's still in the works, but um, definitely uh, a little bit heartbreaking. Um, so I think that's like the, the core of what I want to talk about is that um, I feel very good about the work that I've produced and very hopeful, but at the same time, It's still the same old business, you know, and it can be really heartbreaking sometimes.
here I am at the end of uh, 2020. Um, I don't, I don't know that it, that things have proceeded in the way that I expected them to, but uh, that might just be because I knew enough at the beginning of all this to know that I didn't have any idea what was going to happen. Um, I guess some things have been surprising. I'm, I'm surprised that I had my work uh, in uh, the hands and the mouths of actors as often as I did. I had a few uh, online readings and quote-unquote productions. Um, I'm surprised that I still made a little money from my writing. Um, I'm surprised that those experiences were as satisfying as they were. Um, I've gotten to work with some very talented people, um, albeit from a distance. Um, I'm also surprised that I did as little writing as I've done since this all started uh, and that the writing that I've done has been so, what's the word, bad. Um, it's not great. This <laughs> stuff is not great. Um, and it's maybe telling that the uh, only explanations I have are uh, ones that I've cribbed from other uh, more articulate writers. I'm not even coming up with an explanation from my own head. But uh, the idea that you're using a part of your brain just to kind of deal with uh, life under COVID and that part of your brain then is not available to writing and that uh, you you draw on interpersonal re interactions with other people uh, for your writing and your dialogue and your characters and uh, we're currently spending a lot of our time avoiding other people um, so I don't know what to expect from the future uh, I, I don't have any more idea about what's going to happen next month than I knew about the rest of this year but um, I'm extremely lucky uh, that my family and I are healthy and um, writing for the theater feels a little anachronistic at this point I assume that will continue uh, but I have no idea. I feel like maybe I need to find something else to do. So something else new this year besides lockdown. As for writing new works in the past couple of months, I've been frankly unable to write anything that isn't focused on processing trauma. My daily practice has been about gratitude. I haven't gotten sick, but I've been able to give back. I volunteered for the election, and I'm grateful for that result. My family as well. I walk daily and photograph a bit of nature each day. This lockdown business is challenging, and I'm not very good at it. I don't know of anybody who is. I forget to call friends. I sleep some days all day. And still, I'm grateful. I'm trying every day to cultivate hope. Um, the thing I'm surprised about and excited about is how much I've somehow written um, in this time period. Uh, after like the first couple of months or so, I got into a groove, um, finished a couple of plays, and started writing novels. Um, and uh, so I guess I write novels now. Hmm. Um, anyway, when I called last, I, I think I had... Uh, just finished the first day of my one-one uh, Skype play performance for one, uh, and that continues actually. Uh, I expected it to last maybe a month or two, but it, it remains popular enough that we just kept playing it. Um, and uh, the half-hour show now, uh, and we reach across the globe with it with audience members from every continent except Antarctica. Uh, about 300 people have seen it. 
Um, I also record a four-part audio drama podcast called The Resistible Rise of J.R. Brinkley, um, which became uh, number eight on the Apple Podcast chart for comedy fiction, um, which is about like 2,500 downloads. It's a, it's a small genre. Um, and it's a, he's sort of a Trump-like figure from the 20s and 30s. He was a quack doctor who told people he could cure impotence by implanting goat testicles into their scrota. Um, then he became uh, sort of early promoter of country music. And he's a really fascinating figure. Uh, and it was a fun podcast to work on. Um, I'm a teacher, so now I'm back into it with hybrid uh, teaching and online teaching. And the only creative uh, news, I guess, is trying to put together a play production that we're going to film of Macbeth at our school, complete with masks and social distancing. February is chock-a-full all of a sudden. So it feels like three things back-to-back, you know, in one month uh, after, you know, everything, things canceled right, left, and center. That just feels really heartening. The other thing that surprised me this year is, uh, besides the our film, Fugitive Dreams, um, premiered is that I wrote another screenplay, and it's in production. Uh, also kind of miraculously. I don't even know how any of this is happening, to be honest. But um, all totally indie, totally grassroots. So there you go. But uh, So just trying to, I guess, trying to believe that all these things are true, because they are, because I signed papers that say they are. So right now, I'm working as a, a structural steel iron worker. I'm, like, building a a big-ass theater right next to the World Trade Center, which is extremely ironic. And I think I'm, I'm in a much better place, too. You know, in March, it, was, it just felt really dark, you know? I felt like every piece of momentum I had going for me just ground to a halt. And now, you know, I'm, like, looking back, I wrote more plays and TV and film things than I have ever and I got to read them with people over Zoom, like, by coastal across the country. Really, it's kind of baffling. I, I could never do it in a normal time. But in, in 2021, you know, uh, I'm thinking, like, good things are going to happen. I'm hopeful. I have, like, one, like, good thing I'm celebrating. The short film that I wrote is going to get shot and produced, like, really soon, actually, within the next couple months. So... I'm, I'm like holding on to that. That that is like going to kick off the year in a really fun way, and that's that's really all for me. And I'm hoping everybody's doing well. I've moved to Northampton. Just leaned into the stoner lifestyle. It's great. I'm a huge introvert emitter. Um, I was fretting about what it means to be a teacher. I'm still fretting about what it means to be a teacher, but I am preparing for a comedic playwriting class. I proposed it five years ago, and it finally came through. I'm really excited to teach it. And to prepare for the class, I've decided to get in touch with students ahead of time. I think I've become a smarter teacher in the last year, so I'm doing this. Um, And I've asked each student to tell me what they see as the difference between screenwriting and playwriting, because I think that's an interesting rhetorical question. I want to share with you what they've shared with me. One student supposes that the difference is the purpose 
of the craft. They're different purposes. Um, they're also interested in act breaks and what act breaks can be. Another student says the difference is the presence of an audience. One says that the structure of playwriting doesn't need to be as analyzed as perhaps a feature film. Another student says the difference is the relationship to space and that in a play, space is more limited. But that's interesting. Another says a play has a plot, but a sketch has a bit. And screenwriting has a bigger budget and tends not to be as simple. I'm excited that they've entered with these ideas, and I'm excited to challenge them and also see when and when they are and aren't true. I want to add my own answer to this question to the list for you all, though. I think that the relationship to time is very different for plays because a, a play can be performed multiple times, and its performance is of the moment, but when we commit something to film, we're sort of striving for a timelessness. I don't know. It's nice to chew on something and to um, be preparing for a class. I hope you're all doing well, as well as you can. Happy New Year. We've survived a lot. I'm proud of us. So I'm qualifiedly optimistic at the end of all of this so far? I don't know if that's really true, but I want to pretend it is. Hoping for the best. Um, sometimes I'm hopeful. Sometimes I am not. Bye. Thanks so much to all the playwrights who uh, were able to call in again. Uh, it's sort of a cathartic episode for me, and uh, and I'm just so glad to be able to share it with you all. Humongous, humongous gratitude to uh, associate producer KJ Jarbo, who edited this entire episode. Um, and it's another thing for me to, for me to be thankful for. Uh, KJ reaching out in this time period. I think it was right after this episode came out when we first connected and uh, and she started working with me. So thank you, KJ. You're the best. I am so thankful that you're part of this. Uh, thanks also to Rob Weiner-Kent and America Theatre Magazine, which is a program of Theatre Communications Group. Music from this episode is, is uh, let's see, the songs are Convert, Congregation, and Same Days by Blear Moon, and Slow Smoke 2 by Crowander. The theme song for the subtext is by International Pen Pal. Uh, this episode was edited, as I said, by KJ Jarbo, produced by me and KJ. And I think that's it. Thanks to everybody who's... Uh, been leaving me messages on social media or sending me emails or messages through other channels it's i've through this the past few months it's been amazing to hear from you all and everybody who's gone on and rated and reviewed the show recently on apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening uh thank you for doing that it really uh it really fills me up and speaking of filling me up the play that's filling me up this month is Oh, I noted it. Oh, yeah, here it is. The play filling me up this month is For Lenora by Haley St. James. 
check it out where you can. I found it on New Play Exchange. If you have access to New Play Exchange, go read that play.